everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Crime and Coffee Couple. My name's Allison. And my name's Mike. Hi, Mike. Hey, babe. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm good. doing all right. Good, good. We're a, a couple that uh, talks about crimes and different happenings while uh, sipping some coffee and uh, chit chat for about 10 minutes here and then uh, get into it, right? Exactly. I mean, it's not like a test set time or anything. It, it Could, is not. We fly by the seat of our pants. Yeah, it's crazy. So strap in. You know, you never know how where it's going to go. Put your listening boots on and grab your cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. Like I have my beautiful, lovely cup of coffee here that you made me, uh, you you bought me for Father's Day. I, I had mentioned in passing that uh, I like to take my cups of coffee with me in the car when I'm driving, you know, if I ever drop off the kids or if I'm going somewhere. But a lot, I have this metal one that's insulated, and it's good. It does a really good job. But at the same time, I like the feeling of a ceramic mug on my lips for some reason. Just one of those feeling things, sensory, I don't know. So uh, you got me this lovely ceramic mug that has like a, a cool looking bottom. It's very heavy. Like you, you mentioned that you could probably kill someone with this thing. It's very heavy. It's insulated, so it'll keep your coffee warm. It is insulated, it, huh? It is for sure. Oh. And you could uh, take the lid on or off, whichever one you want to do. And uh, it's kind of the win-win for your situation. Yeah. I mean, that's probably why it's so heavy. I'll bet you it's metal on the middle and then just covered by ceramic. That's what I'm guessing. And I like my coffee piping hot. You like yours more um, under mine. Yeah, I have a sensitive uh, tongue. He's so sensitive. I'm just a little baby. <laughs> I'm just a little baby boy. So I, I, you know, right out of the Keurig, it's a little too hot for me. I like to blow it off a little bit, poost it, if you will. Poost. Um, so it's, uh, what was I going to say? Totally flew out of my head. Oh, it's your first time using it. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. I was going to say you should know because you started talking. Yeah. And you know, I'm kind of in a brain dead mentality these past several days. I did sleep last night though. So I'm better. I'm better today. And there's a good reason for it. We won't get into too many details, but uh, women should know this reason. uh, Maybe once every 28 days or so. Oh, that's not exactly why you were out of town all week. Oh, okay. I'm shorthanded at work. So I've been getting up at, you know, starting work at four in the morning and we're dog sitting my co-workers dog so not only am i shorthanded at work but you know i've got an extra dog on my hands and he's been great uh let me tell you this dog hates me hates hates is i don't even know if hate is a strong enough word and i freaking love dogs i'm nothing but sweet to them and uh, i'm they usually like me quite a bit but we were told before we pet sit this little oliver that we he doesn't like men so it's, which there's really no reason for it because they got him when he was only eight weeks old. So it's not like he was abused by men or anything like that in the past. So they don't exactly know why he hates men. Yeah, but uh, I'll tell you, it's true. He it's he's holding true. Every to time it. I look at him, he's just like, I'm he's like, a little dachshund. I'm like, buddy, I'm not even doing anything to you. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to give him a space a little bit. But at the same time, it is our house. So if he's going to growl aggressively at me, I'm going to kind of say, OK, this is enough. This is not <laughs> how we do enough. it. Not how we do it in this house, Oliver. OK. So yeah, he's a good kid. But yeah, that's kind so of so it was a crazy week, but we're getting by. I had a, of course, the day you leave town, I have a nail in my tire, and I have to get that replaced. That is always the way. I I usually take a business trip every what month, once a month, maybe something like that. You and, went a decent amount of time without, which was wonderful. Yeah, but the after COVID, now things are coming back around, and the more you see customers, the better it is. Yeah, so. I get it. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of nothing really happens unless I'm gone, and then all of a sudden you get that call from you saying, um, the tire the psi and the tire the back tire is like 12 and, and it's, it's supposed, supposed to be, to be 35 <laughs> yeah. i get in my car after work and i have to go get my friend's dog and i'm like son of a bitch <laughs> and then i'm scrambling to find a tire place that will actually take me 
And it was like four or five o'clock, probably. Yeah, it was like five, five thirty. So a lot of them are closing at six, um, five, five thirty, yeah. six around there. So we we're just you're. I was like, okay, call all these ones, <laughs> Midas and this one, and tire. A lot choice of them were rude too. They're like, well, you can come here and sit for hours tomorrow if you want to, but we can't guarantee we're going to take you. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go sit in your stupid, disgusting shop for three hours and just may or may not get my tire fixed. You jackass. Well, it took the company I went to like all of twenty minutes to patch it. Yeah, luckily it was just a patch job. Yeah, it was like thirty dollars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was good. Um, I forgot to mention, if you're listening to this, we're on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I uh, post every episode that we go on uh, on Instagram. So check us out, Crime and Coffee 2, uh, Crime and Coffee number 2. We're also on TikTok. Um, so tiktok.com slash Crime and Coffee Couple. Uh, you should be able to find us. So that's the only different one. But everything else is Crime and Coffee 2. I'll look into changing that. But on TikTok, we do a little synopsis, like a three-minute synopsis of each episode. So you don't want to watch that if you want to listen to the whole thing. Where yeah. We have a lot more details. Like we said last time, it gives you a spoiler if you do. Yep, yep. So uh, anything else going on this week? Not really. Um, We're going on a boat tomorrow. Oh, Which, yeah. you know, we live in Florida and we live in the suburbs, not near the coast. We're like an hour from the coast. So it's like we live in Florida, but you don't get that Florida feel. So it's going to be really nice to actually be out on the water, which is just so soothing for my soul. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah, we might as well be in Alabama or anywhere like middle Georgia, which no, nothing wrong with those places. Just, no, but it's not Florida living. Yeah, there's not a lot of palm trees around here, at least not natively. I mean, well, people yeah, install we have them. palm trees by us. Well, but sure, but they're not na- native. Like, I don't know about that. I, I don't know what kind of palm trees are, are native you, to here. Are you a horticulturist like I no, am? No, Mike, I'm not. Okay, well, I'm not a horticulturist, but I could be. I'm not at all. Yeah, um, yeah. there's just uh, crazy, crazy stuff going on. I, I'm excited to get on the boat. It should be fun. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, live that Florida life. And uh, you got some high-potency ashwagandha yesterday. Yep, I happened to read or see something on TikTok or Instagram or some crap, and they were like, you know, you read all those things, too. And they said, this is great for something, protein. Oh, no, it was testosterone for men. Not that I have a problem with testosterone that I know of, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm okay in most areas. And well, stress, though, too. It's yeah, great for stress reduction. Reduces stress, and it's supposed to be better for, like, muscle building, too, somehow. So I'm all, I mean, yeah, we work out every day, every two days, probably. I work out six days a week. We worked out this morning. You almost six killed me. Six days a week. It's crazy that we worked out this morning, and you were doing every single workout, no problem. We have this thing called tonal in our house and it's fantastic it's weightlifting and a little bit of cardio and it's you were just like going every single you know they give you like four or five different uh, exercises to do and we are going back and forth and doing them and you're just like ready to go right away meanwhile i'm huffing and puffing on the side um like, you were Ugh. beyond huffing and puffing at one point you literally like collapsed to the floor <laughs> and in my head i'm like that's a little dramatic <laughs> i knew you were and i'm like i'm not trying to do this I'm this not- is why women get pregnant and give birth because lord only knows what would happen oh here we go again with the women and men giving birth thing <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know what? I could take birth. I'll bet you I could. Mm, not that you guess you have no choice but to. Yeah, I mean, not that it's easy. Not by no means am I saying that, but I'm a pretty good pain tolerance. Yeah, you, you are. You yeah, are. it's just my I'm little. Just giving you a hard my time. poor little ticker has a hard time keeping up with this 250 pounds. I'm just ribbing on you. Yeah, I, I don't mind if you rib on me every once in a while. So moving on to Allison's Amazon addiction, mm-hmm, which if, is if something, you're okay to transition there. And I just like to say it's something we mention every week. Allison purchased something on Amazon, whether it's this week or last week or last month. It's something that she finds maybe helpful and maybe you will too 
So I do online grocery delivery and for some reason they won't deliver regular um, like lighters for lighting candles with like the long sticks. And yes, you could go into a store, but you would really rather not see people. Um, It's not that I would rather not see people, although that is partially true. But I just hate grocery shopping. It's like the bane of my existence. You don't want to wait in line and have to wait for customer service and then try to find the lighter wherever it is in the massive store. Like Target, I'm pretty good. I know where things are, but I just people are always in my way with the cart. I just want to get in and get the hell out. So there's no reason for me to grocery shop when I can pay $100 a year and they'll deliver it to my front door. Yeah. You know, that to me is just, I'm just trying to do the best I can. I'm I'm working full time. I have kids doing a podcast, yada, yada. Anyway, so I kept forgetting to get this lighter anytime I would go into the store. So I'm like, there's got to be a better solution. So I go on to Amazon and it's this lighter that never it doesn't have um lighter fluid in it it's just uh how how electricity electricity yeah Yeah, it's basically an electric current that's going from one side to another and you see a blue like flash of lightning basically yeah and it's it's amazing i didn't like i couldn't picture how it worked until i saw it and it's just so cool all you do is charge it up there's never any gas it's like it's it goes against your mind because if you're used to lighting candles like we are all the time, it's I'm always, obsessed with candles. Yeah, I'm always trying to find the most efficient method by you know buying butane and like refilling the lighters and crap. And but whatever. a lot of the lighters don't even allow you to refill. Right. So um, anyway, I ordered it and it's been wonderful. I probably have to charge it maybe once a week, and I just keep the little charger on my laptop. So when I see that the light is going a little lower, I just literally walk up to my laptop, pop it in, and you just don't think about it. It, it charges quickly. It's crazy. It makes no sense to me just logically but it it works and yeah you like it right i love it no complaints i would highly recommend it if you're a candle lover like i am oh my god allison has a candle going every time she's in the house or even in a hotel or wherever you i do i bring a i bring a candle with me whenever we travel if there's a chance you spending the night somewhere there's probably a candle being lit yes and um so when i wake up on like a saturday morning like it is today I the first thing I do is light a candle when I come home from work. First thing I do is light a candle. Um, when you're podcasting, there's one lit about one foot to your left. Yeah, right now it's a little bit of an addiction. And is it because of the smell, the scent, or also the look? It's the ambiance and the scent. Huh. Yeah, it just makes me feel like ah, oh, I'm settling in at home. Ah, some ashwagandha, some of this, and a little bit you of know, murder talk. Just trying to get by. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it's really cool. And another weird thing, there's a like high very frequency. That's what I was gonna say. If you were to let me say what I was gonna oh, say, sorry. that's what I was leading into. Thank you, Allison. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, but please, no, go ahead. Um, so there's a high frequency, like Allison said, and there's the kids can hear this high frequency. We can't hear it because we have old ears. Yeah, and our son is just like, oh God, it hurts my ears and we're like well sorry bud we're just gonna do it he's very like sensitive to sound and stuff like that our daughter it doesn't bother her at all she could hear it and we're like what does it sound like so he actually played a sound that's equivalent to it on a cell phone and we're like woof (laughs) yeah that that is pretty annoying glad i can't hear it and you know what when i was reading the reviews some people said that their dogs literally fly out of the room when they bring it out because they they hate the sound too but our our dog doesn't really react to it yeah so we'll put a link to it in the show notes if you want to check it out anyway that's a lot of talk about a lighter i'm telling you it's it's worth it if you love candles i'm not even trying to sell it i just think it's interesting yeah Whatever. so yeah so are you ready to do this thing i'm, I'm ready baby girl let's Ain't do no it thing like a chicken wing oh, i love chicken wings i don't eat them much though so this is the solved murder of jill marr so we're gonna go to australia today 
And Jill Maurer. I, I always like to know the spellings. Okay, so this is going to be interesting because it's not at all what you would think it is. M-A-U-E-R? No, sir. It's M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Oh, wow. So I pronounced it in my head when I read it as meager, mm-hmm. but uh, Jill is not actually Australian. Jill was Irish, and okay. that's how it's oftentimes pronounced in Ireland. And when I listen to videos, that's how it was pronounced. So that's how I'm going to pronounce it. So it's M-E-A-G-H-E-R and it's pronounced Maur? No, it's Mar. Mar. Yeah, but some people pronounce it um, Maher, I believe. There's several pronunciations, but I listen to various videos Uh and each video pronounced it Mar. So that's what I'm going to do. So um, Jill or Jillian, but she goes by Jill. She was born on October 30th, 1982 in Ireland, but her and her family moved to Australia when her father, George, got a job in Perth. Right around our age. Yes, exactly. We're a few years off from that. So the family lived in Australia for a bit, and then they moved back to Ireland in 1996. So Jill ended up meeting her future husband, Tom Marr. And then, um, so her maiden name was Mc. McEwen. Good Irish name. Yeah, I just looked it up and it flew out of my head. Again, brain dead. Uh, McKean. McKean. Yeah, McKean. That's it. So that was her maiden name. But now she married Tom and her last name is now Marr. So they met at university. Uh, It was University College Dublin in 2008. And then they relocated back to Australia. This is Tom's first time living there in 2009. That's quite a travel. Yeah, quite a distance. Australia, Ireland, Ireland, Australia. That's pretty bold. So after the move, Jill worked for the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, which is also referred to as ABC. Huh, interesting. So she was in an administrative position. She also had an occasional on-air role, and it sounded like everybody at her work just positively adored her. They interviewed several people that she used to work with. So she stayed in close contact with her parents and her brother, who were back in Perth. So they were also in Australia. Jill was described as larger than life, incredibly funny and witty. She was intelligent. She was great company. Someone who loved to have fun. So larger than life, big personality, it sounds like. Big personality and a small body because she was on the shorter side. Mm, One of those people you like to invite to parties because they make things better. Absolutely. She's a plus one. Don't have to worry about her. She's just going to add to the fun rather than stress, you know, to the uh, whoever's hosting the party. Love those kind of people. Um, They said that her friends said that she loved high heels and high fashion. She was very vivacious and she was social. Her mom described her as messy and goofy, and she was the type of person who made other people happy. So just like you said, a great person to be around, someone especially that you're working with who's just like brightening your day rather than being a suckage of your day. Yeah, bringing more to the table and just making lives better rather than taking away and complaining and being like, yeah, this sucks. Oh, well, whatever. Doing the bare minimum. Exactly. Yeah, a negative Nelly. Pretty, yeah. So on the night of Friday, September 21st, 2012, 29-year-old Jill was out with her co-workers in Melbourne. They were celebrating a friend's birthday. So she headed out. There was surveillance. That's really easy for me to say. There was surveillance video from her office. It looked like they headed out right around 5 p.m., probably had dinner and whatnot. And then they went out and about. Um, At about 9 p.m. that night, they headed to the Brunswick Green, which is a bar on Sydney Road in Brunswick. They went for a few drinks. And to give you an idea of where Jill was, Sydney Road is a hipster area slash arts community with plenty of trendy bars and shops. So 
the place to be. I mean, every like place you're walking down the street is somewhere to go. So picture any kind of like cool Main Street area that's in a cool area exactly. that people are flocking to. And even the surveillance video that I was watching, which happens after one in the morning, you see people walking by constantly. You would think it was like nine o'clock at night, but it was after midnight. So it's not off in the distance somewhere. This is highly this trafficked. This is a highly trafficked area. So um, they headed over to that Brunswick um, bar, Brunswick for a drink. And then from there, it was about 1 a.m. Jill and another co-worker went to bar etiquette, which has since been closed. But it was just down the street and they headed there for a nightcap before heading home. Sometime around this point, Jill texted her husband, Tom, to see if he had wanted to come out and join them because they didn't live far from here. It was within walking distance, like maybe 10 minutes. Um, but it sounds like Tom had already fallen asleep on the couch and didn't get Jill's text. Okay. So um, after the bars were starting to shut down around 1.30 a.m., Jill and her coworker headed out and Jill's coworker offered to share a cab with her and drop her off at home before he himself headed home. But she said, it's no big deal. I'm fine walking. It was about a half mile from where she lived. Man, these walking stories. That's all. That's always scary. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I never, ever want to be a victim shamer because it's a crazy person that just happens to be out there at the wrong time at the wrong place. Oh, no. I'm saying but, like 90, 999 million out of 100 million or whatever are going to be just safe and fine. Right. But keep in the back of your mind, if you are walking down to an area where there's not a lot of people, because um, where she heads towards her home, it gets a lot darker and a lot quieter. You know, just try to keep yourself in groups just for safe, safety purposes. I'm not saying she did anything wrong. She's done this t- Probably you know, a million times. so many times before without any type of problem. So sadly, Jill never made it home. At 2 a.m., Jill's husband woke up and he tried calling her, but there was no answer because he knows the bars close right around 1.30. It should, she should be home no later than maybe 1.45. So he's starting to worry. So as night faded into morning and there was still no sign of Jill, Tom's worry obviously grew. So he knew it wasn't like Jill not to come home or call. Tom continued to text and call her. And then at 4 a.m., he finally made the decision, I'm going to go out and start looking for her. He knew where she was. You know, she had sent him that text saying, hey, want to come on over to bar etiquette and meet us. Did he like text any of the friends or anything? Yeah, he eventually did that. I think at this point, it was still only four in the morning. Yeah, but she's gone. And like, if she's, you know, if she's sick or if she's got wasted and spent the night somewhere, like go text one of the friends. Sure, And I'm, I'm positive he did that. And I'm an advocate of texting people, like maybe not calling if you're really worried about that, but. I mean, text is not if, if it's going to wake somebody up, then shut off your text at the night. Yeah. You know, I don't so know. I'm, I'm sure he probably sent a bunch of texts out knowing who she was with. If he had their numbers, because if I went out with my coworkers, you wouldn't have their numbers. Right. So, you know, that would be a pickle. So basically, there was still no sign of her. So at 6 a.m. that morning, he reported her missing to the police. Okay. So 2 a.m. he figured it out. And 6 a.m. she's reported to missing yes. to the police. So he That's woke quick. up at 2, went out at 4, reported her at 6. See, I would still think that you were like at a friend's or something. You know, I would hold out hope. So that, that's quick acting. And perhaps he was close with her coworkers and actually did have their number. And maybe they did say, no, we didn't see her. She went uh, home. She, went she was home. walking. I took a cab. She said she was going to walk. That's possible. Yeah, once I hear she was walking, it's uh, yeah, that's it. It's the worst. It yes, because you're just filled with dread. What the hell happened to her? 
So Tom had spoken, like we just talked about, with Jill's co-workers to try to figure out where Jill could be. No one had seen her since they were out the night before. By Sunday, the Facebook page had been um, put to a Facebook page had been put together, as well as various other social media posts, and a small press conference was held that day. So everything kind of moved quickly. Social media is so important. That's a great use of it. Huge. So within days, um, the Facebook page called Help Us Find Jill Maher already had 100,000 likes. So it spread like Holy wildfire. Holy shit, that's really big. Yes. So on Sunday, well, September... Also, sorry to interrupt, but she, because she was a, a personality on a TV, you know, that's a big thing too. Not that she was probably a, a daily person. It sounded like she did was on there every once in a while. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's a big thing. So a, a lot of people care and kind of feel like they know her, you know? Right. And, you know, she was a 29-year-old. She was absolutely gorgeous. And I'm not to say that you know looks should play into it at all well in a society it does unfortunately but you know her husband was like a cute likable looking guy and i think because it was such a relatable story that you know this is an area where it's flooded with people and people can relate to holy crap i was out that night right or i know a friend that was out that night or i walked home that night yeah exactly so it's very relatable and scary so i think that's really what boosted the out you know, outpouring of people relating to this. Mm -hmm. So um, on Sunday, September 23rd, police issued a public appeal for help. On Monday, the 24th, Jill's purse was found off of Hope Street and and the Melbourne Homicide Squad officially took over the investigation. The purse wasn't there when they first searched the area. They know it wasn't. They were combing because they know exactly what route she's going to take home. And you're looking for anything that would look like a purse or a cell phone or whatever it might be. Right. (laughs) Obviously, you would see a purse. You know, because Tom could say, when we go out to the bar, this is exactly the route we walk. There's no way she wouldn't have taken this area. They combed up and down, no sign of the purse, and then all of a sudden that next day, boom, there's the purse. Wow, so maybe the killer came and threw it out a window or something. Right. Interesting. So they thought in their head, okay, did the killer plant it here? I'm not sure. So really what ap- ended up happening was that a local resident had seen it and taken it home. Uh-huh. And then the person saw the news of missing Jill, they put the bag back because it contained right plain as day, her work ID was right there, like around a lanyard for the neck. Wow. It's, it showed her picture. It showed ABC um, corporate or whatever it is broadcasting <laughs> and they see the news they're, they're like, like oh shit. shit i'm in possession of something that's part of a crime yes and i don't blame them for not bringing it directly to police you know you don't want to be the seen as one of the people that are a suspect very scary whether yeah. or not they did reach out because they do know that well, they that's know. what happened yeah they found you know when when they did come out i'm not sure but it, that's what happened to it so they, again, like I said, they know Jill's expected route along the way she would walk home. So now what's the obvious thing to do is to contact shops along the way and pull CCTV footage. hundred percent. Yes. So that's where we're headed here. So um, at 1.36 a.m., CCTV footage caught Jill passing crust pizza on Sydney Road. She seemed to be walking at a normal but brisk pace. And if you're like personality wise, like I am, I don't have any pace but a brisk pace. Yeah. If it's you, you are definitely walking faster than the average human being. Yeah, people are like, oh, what's your hurry? I'm like, what do you mean? I'd be looking around, like looking up and down, looking inside of shop stores, and it would take me probably twice the amount of time to get home as you. Yes, I'm a woman on a mission 24-7. And I'd be staring at my cell phone and just kind of checking things out. (laughs) So Jill was walking at her normal pace. She was wearing very high heels. Again, they said she's got high heels and high fashion. Mm. And God bless her because she walked in those things like a 
like a badass. I would have been like falling all over. I can't understand how women can do that. God bless you. I mean, some people are just like meant for it. I don't know. Yeah. I am like the opposite. I'm an idiot in heels. My coworker and I were saw a, a woman walking in, in really high heels and she was nailing it. And we're like, wow, man, I can't imagine doing how much damage that does to your feet and everything. And, and society thinks that women need to like wear these things. But yeah, uh, that's it. That's another story. So getting off on a quick side note, this is something funny. This happened so many years ago at my job. There was a lady who was probably like edging on 90 and she was never without heels she was a housewife who raised probably five six kids she said she never woke up and got out of bed and didn't put her heels on she cleaned cooked everything in heels were her feet just like jagged completely disformed so when the physical therapist had to work with her she had to wear her heels because her feet were formed to because them. they were formed to them wow so she couldn't like be flat-footed so literally this little old lady walking down the hall with physical therapy in high heels because she couldn't wear regular flat-footed yes. shoes and probably couldn't walk in barefoot that was something that was i've never hey, seen before it's just like you see you know the the videos of the people um you know that are you know part of tribes that try to elongate their necks right. and stuff like your, your your bones can move exactly they start to yeah. conform to that wow so yeah she's definitely high fashion yes very high fashion so she passed a wedding cake shop and then as she moved farther down the road the hustle and bustle of the bars and restaurants were now behind her and it got a hell of a lot quieter as she moved down sydney road so cctv footage watched her walk past the sagging sign of a real estate agency and 30 seconds later a man in a blue hoodie was seen walking after her. After a more close review and like just re-reviewing, re-reviewing the angles of different shops, it basically looked like he had already gone past her, looped around a block, and now was running to catch up to her. So it was obvious in this video that he had seen her, passed her, and said, hey, I'm going back to her. And she's a target. Yes. He is now targeting Jill. So... Uh, as Jill approached Duchess Boutique, this is where a big amount of the video was. And it's it's short, but a big part of the video I watched online was in front of this Duchess Boutique. So it was basically about 1.38 a.m. The man with the blue hoodie was visible in front of the shop. Moments later, Jill walked into the frame, stopped, and interacted with the man. We're not entirely sure what was being said between the two, but they did speak. You know, what they say, too, also during like an abduction or whatever is to talk to the person that you think might be trying to go after you because a lot of times that gets their nerve like thrown off like just be like hello like kind of notice that you notice them right and then a lot of times they'll scatter right but now please look into that i'm no expert of you know these situations but i did hear that once in a while the making of the eye contact and the acknowledgments right and she's a confident person obviously so that was probably what she was trying to do like hey yeah what's going on So they both stopped their walking and stood in front of the shop. And the last image of Jill on the footage in front of this boutique was recorded at 1.42 a.m. At 1.43 a.m., apparently Jill made a phone call to her brother Michael in Perth. She was checking in because their dad had recently had a stroke and she just wanted to make sure everything was okay. So as they spoke, Michael could hear male voices in the background. After the two hung up, Michael tried to call her back, but it went straight to voicemail. On Tuesday, September 26th, 
Police searched Jill's home because, of course, at this point in time, they're not entirely sure what went down. The first suspect is always going to be the husband. Of course. So uh, just, I was going to ask if yeah. they, how much they looked into him. So they're ruling out Tom at this point. Um, and Tom was eliminated as a suspect fairly quickly. But in the first 48 hours of the investigation, he was considered a suspect. And it was very stressful. Um Jill's co-workers were like never 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 would it ever be Tom he's just such a cool guy and he was very very forthcoming and visible to the public you know you would see him on film like walking along where Jill would have been and and you're always like wondering was he emotional a little bit too he was highly distressed well put together but highly distressed of course his you know his beloved wife is missing and you hate to like judge people some people are more emotional than others too and it's like just because the guy might not be crying I mean maybe he was but like he wasn't crying in the video but i mean he was very worried yeah of course he's holding out hope that she's still alive somewhere so um he was ruled out and like i said those that knew tom felt that he was it was absolutely impossible that he would have been involved in this so police released a statement and footage of jill walking north along sydney road on this day the next day a woman came forward and said you know what i actually saw this man in the blue hoodie running after jill the night that she went missing So Jill's phone and bank card, of course, they're going to look into that, see if it's been used since she's gone. And it had not been used since her disappearance. So when the police looked more closely at her phone, they could see that it was in Brunswick where she was that night until about 4.30 a.m. From there, they could see that it traveled north, likely along the freeway. When they looked at the pings in that area at the time, a well-known sex offender's car was pinging on the towers at the same time as Jill's phone. Oh, man. So in Australia, they have a GPS on sex offenders? Um, No, I think they were searching at similar pings. who's, Who's pinging on this tower at this time? Wow. And I don't know if that's possible in America because of privacy laws. I don't know. Interesting. I, I'm, it might be, though. I'm not sure. Because I've never heard a story like that in America. I've never, I've never heard this guy's things were pinging in the same location. Yeah. So they're basically pairing him now with her. Because what that is, that's an invasion. That That's an investigation into your personal space. You know, that, that's, but I think when we get cell phones, we're no, we know that that's possible. Yeah, we know it's possible, but they can't, like, police can't search for where you were hmm. unless they have a, a warrant. Okay. That, I, I don't know at all. Right. I don't know. So the person that was pinging along with Jill's phone was 41-year-old Adrian Ernest Bailey, who was a serial rapist that was out on parole at the time. Oh, good. Serial rapist out on parole. You just wait until the stories I have to tell you. So police also saw Bailey on various CCTV footage in the day of the murder as well as after the murder. Can you imagine a serial rapist? Like, what a fucking scumbag. He is the lowest of the low. So and serial murder rapist anything but rapist so so terrible Gosh. terrible CCTV footage saw Adrian entering the Quiet Man Irish Pub at 7:28 on Friday the night that Jill went out and disappeared his location at this point in time was about 2.5 miles from where Jill and her friends were so Adrian was out with his girlfriend and the two got into a fight about his possessiveness and his jealousy. She basically went to the bathroom and then just dipped out and got a taxi and left. Good for her, man. Can you like there should be like a tattoo on serial rapists like somewhere so you can look and see if this guy has been committed a yeah. rape or something like I like brand them somehow like so women know to stay the hell away from these guys because this girl might not. I mean, who's going on a date and necessarily 
Googling to see if they're a sex offender. I don't know. I haven't been single in... Oh, you know what's interesting, Mike? Monday will be our 26th dating anniversary. Oh, wow. So that just goes to show I've never dated other than you. These days, everybody Googles everybody. Well, that's smart. And you should. So whether or not this girl knew, I can't say. But if she did... Why? Yeah, like brand them on their arm somewhere. I, I, I know that's not very kind humanity-wise, but... but I, I don't mean, know. When you're a serial rapist, do you really deserve to have that anim- anonymity? No. So at 12.24 a.m., a camera at the lounge bar showed Bailey pacing up and down, holding his phone to his ear, frantically trying to reach his girlfriend who wouldn't answer. So from here, he left. He went home. He changed into the blue hoodie and went back out towards Sydney Road, where Jill happened to be spending her evening. So CCTV footage also saw him at a service station the following day, that Saturday, cleaning his car. So I wonder if he was so angry at his girlfriend, he's like, I'm going to get somebody back for this. Just built up his yeah, rage. Because a hoodie, you automatically think, over your head, you know. and He didn't have it over his head in the oh, video, not okay. at all, oh. no. So, um, like I said, the next day he was seen getting his car cleaned, which is, you know, a normal thing to do. But also suspicious. Yeah. So on Monday, he was seen at a shop to replace all four of his tires. Hmm. Hmm. So on Thursday, September 28th, the police closed in and went to Adrian's house. The police interviewed him for 10 hours. And most of this time, he denied having anything to do do with Jill's disappearance. He said he had only heard about her case in the news and had never personally met her. So, however, during this interview, the evidence is building too i mean well, he's on know. friggin cctv footage speaking to her uh-huh so that's oh, a straight up lie right right so the, of course initially i don't know how much they're actually revealing they want to hear what he has to say and that's probably yeah yeah i think that's the the, the method you take everything you can mm-hmm. and then you say oh by the way um we know you're lying about everything right. because here it is so what else, why don't you tell us the real story right and not only that but on top of it as he was being interviewed at the station his house was also being searched hmm. so they they were tag teaming him they probably didn't know he probably didn't he know probably did not so during this time that his house was being searched police found jill's sim card in his washing holy shit smoking gun smoking gun so his girlfriend had done laundry you know that's a normal thing to do she didn't check his pockets he's a grown-ass man i don't check your friggin pockets good while inside his pocket when she threw the wash in it was her sim card was in the pocket what an idiot why would you hold on to that why would you take it home yeah jesus christ i don't i I mean this guy doesn't make good decisions obviously so, uh, being a serial rapist and all. This was the direct link because you could say you saw him speaking to her outside the oh, um, be like, shop. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that was her. She dropped whatever. something and I was letting her know here. Like, you know, whatever. You could say whatever. Yeah. Oh, I, I realized that. And oh, yeah, I guess that was her. But this directly linked her. You have no business having somebody's phone car or SIM card that's disappeared. Right. So six or seven hours into the interview, finally, he confessed. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's not bad. So he said he was on the same street as Jill and saw her at about 1.30 a.m. He said that he had seen her on her phone, and when the phone call ended, he had nicely approached her. Oh, wow. What a good guy. He nicely approached a stranger? Well, yeah. They should definitely have a relationship together in his mind. So he was friendly with her, and he said initially she was friendly, too. 
He said then she turned nasty and flipped him off, which angered him. Because, of course, he's making advances. She's happily married. She's like, dude, I'm heading home at 1.30 in the morning. Get the hell out of my face. He's probably like, come on, baby. Come on. Let's come back to my place. Come on. Exactly. So this angered him. And when Jill turned off Sydney Road onto a much darker and quiet Hope Street, he attacked her. He wasted no time. He waited until she got into a darker part of the street. I saw exactly where it happened. And this is when he made his move. That's the scariest part about being a woman oh, is that so a man scary. can overpower you. Like, I don't care how many you know, classes you've taken in self-defense. Those definitely help. Those are definitely things that can help mitigate you know any kind of attack. But really, when it comes down to it, and I say this a lot, I'm a 6'2", 250-pound guy. If um, I want to, like... I'm 5'3", and 130 pounds, so... I don't care how many nut shots that you've practiced in a classroom or something. Like, right. If I want to tackle you, that's not going to be a problem at all. You are roughly double my weight. Right. And you could kill me in an instant if you really wanted to. And yeah. that's, you know, that's no knock on me. It's just physically... Right. It's, you're it's huge physics. compared to me. Now, Adrian was not a massive guy in terms of, like, his height or size, but he was a gym rat and definitely had a lot of muscle yeah that's so scary that's why every time women you're walking around like you know take your pepper spray and just hold your hand on it mm-hmm. and anything gosh it's so scary i'm it so is, sorry it is terribly scary so adrian raped jill right off the street he took her like into a darker like maybe like alley-ish nook and raped her <laughs> it's like it's unbelievable like what and i say this every episode that something like this happens but like it's the ultimate disrespect to somebody. It's disgusting. Like I couldn't imagine if somebody did that to you. I'd want to like I'd want to go to jail to kill them. Like in, in front of people. She's a stranger to this. Man. I'd want to rip out his eyeballs and stuff him down his throat. Like I'd, uh, I'd be so angry that he would take like my, my beautiful wife. I know it's so sad. And Lord only knows the future she would have had. She was just such a spunky, successful person. You know, right now she's only going on the air every so often. But with the way her personality was. I don't doubt that she would have like just shot through the roof in that um, network that she was on. And that makes it worse. And w- even if she didn't have a huge future ahead of her, it's so it's, she's s- a disgusting person. and despicable. Doesn't matter. She's a person. That he tried to over. He did overpower her and just took her like innocence, like not any. <laughs> and this lovely young couple, you know, they're they're married for a few years at this point. Who knows if they were going to have kids, a family, whatever. It just It's all taken away by this this person who's never Monster. even seen her before. Absolutely. So after raping her, he strangled her to death. So um, for more than half of his life, he had been a violent sex offender. But this night, he is now transitioned into a murderer. So we know his sexual past. He had never, that we know of, murdered somebody. Well, it's like anything else. You're trying to go after the next big hit, the big high. You know, and so anybody that's aggressive and capable, of, yeah, then they're that's what they're ultimately going to lead to most right, likely right. is going to be some kind of a murder. So it's it really a rape should be considered very closely to a murder. I mean, that's how I feel. Absolutely. So this is all going down right around like maybe 145 ish, 140 ish. He left her body where it laid in the street and went home to get his car and shovel at 422 a.m. He returned. So he was gone for like several hours so he returned to jill's body put her body in the back of her in his trunk and drove to gisborne south in victoria about 30 miles away there he dug a shallow grave and buried jill so after his confession adrian showed police where jill was buried on black hill road police found that she was partially naked from the waist down in a grave that was only about a foot deep 
Postmortem results showed that after she was violently raped, Jill had been strangled to death, just as he had said. He used her like a toy and threw just her threw away. Just threw her away. Like a human life. Yep, just gone. On Thursday, September 28th, Bailey was arrested. The day after Jill's body was found, 30,000 people in Melbourne came together to march along the street where Jill was last seen as an outpouring of grief and to protest that things needed to change and people needed to be protected from people like Adrian. Absolutely. Any and any sex offender that's out there that has a history of violent rape, you're fucking my target. And just wait till you hear his background. So Adrian Bailey's name and face was plastered all over the internet when it was discovered that he was the killer. People were horrified when they learned of his background. And I'm not sure at what point all the information about his background came out. Maybe it wasn't until the trial. I'm not entirely sure. But when it did come out, it was horrifying. So at the time of Jill's murder, Bailey was on parole for raping five women in the Bayside suburb of Elwood in 2002. All at the same time or just different women? Or it all you- went down in 2002 and I believe it was all, um, what are we, it was, um, it was prostitutes. What do we, uh, oh. what do we say for that? Well, escorts or. No, it's not that. I can't think of it. Sex workers, sex yeah. workers. The same. Thing. I don't know what the. Just say press. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. I don't want to be disrespectful. So over a 23 year period, 11 of those years were spent in prison. He was found guilty of 20 rapes, <laughs> 20 rapes. Like so, I, I said, similar to murder, but it really should be the same as murder or maybe a manslaughter. Like there should be equal you know, charges for those at the very least. And the the downside is that it's hard to prove that, you know, if there's he said, she said, it's almost impossible. But you know? 20 but times. But 20 times. Yes. That's so where it's. So that's my thing is that you could say people can be potentially rehabilitated, but clearly this man is not learning and changing right. because he's only going on and doing more. So despite the fact that he had raped and been convicted and found guilty of 20 rapes, he was freely walking along the streets of Australia. So when Adrian was 18, he married his first wife. And when she was pregnant, which sounded like it was soon after because he was still 18 at the time, he committed his first rape. He raped a 17-year-old girl in his house. When he was how old? He was 18. This girl was 17. And he's married at the time and has a baby on the way. (sighs) So he rapes a 17-year-old girl in his house who was a friend of his sister's. Within a year, he raped two other women and was sentenced to five years in prison, though served only 22 months before he was paroled. Bailey had two children with his first wife before they divorced in 1995. He remarried later that same year and went on to have two more children. So they ha- he had four children at the time. So he got divorced a second time. He stayed off of police's radar for about six or seven years until the year 2000. Yeah, and who knows during that time how many women he went after and they just didn't come come forward. Exactly. And maybe they didn't. So in uh, 2000, he started attacking sex workers, five to six women between 2000 and 2001. He was identified in question in 2001 and confessed, saying he considered the women worthless. So, oh, yeah, of course he does. I mean, that's not a surprise. Do you have any more details about how the sex workers, you know, how it was considered rape? Obviously, so he's he's t- bringing them over. He says, I'm going to pay you. 
And so did he not pay them or did he do things? Obviously, they didn't want right, to do. Right, right. So he was probably very rough. Yes. Yeah. So basically, he would pick them up. He would drive close to a wall to block their um, passenger side door so that they so couldn't they open it. And he, they were trapped in the car and he would violently attack them. Oh, God. Yes. This isn't, you know, consensual whatever kind of sucks. This well, he got off. Attacked. He got off on the woman not wanting what he was giving. Yes, exactly. So he would then during this time, like while he was in the car with these people, they would say that he would then cry and apologize and then sometimes just do it all over again. So after he's crying and apologizing, he attacks them again and rapes them again. Because when he's sexually uh, invigorated, he has this demon that comes out of him that wants this terror that wants to see the fear and wants to be able to overpower somebody. Right. So, and he then afterwards, you know, as a man, after you, you know, are, are done with the deed, there's a totally different side of you that you're kind of relaxed and whatever. And that's probably the the him that's not you know, engulfed in the sexuality where he's just like he feels bad. I'm sure he feels bad, but at the same time, as soon as he becomes back again, yeah, yeah. back again, it's it's back, and that's the only way he can get off. Probably is by having these extremely horrible and violent interactions right that's what i'm guessing too so before his attack on jill while he was out on parole bailey viciously attacked a man outside a cafe he broke his jaw and knocked him unconscious for this he was sentenced to three months in prison but appealed it which meant that his parole was not revoked so he was on parole and attacked a man yet was still out and about on the streets what is parole made for if you don't go back to jail right. when you break somebody's he clearly jaw? violated his parole <laughs> yeah you're supposed to be a good boy and you weren't so like that's pretty cut and dry so had the justice system worked better bailey wouldn't have been out on the streets and jill would still be alive today it's a great opportunity to fix the the system a little bit right it is like an eye-opening thing like this can't happen right so physically like i said bailey was a very strong man though short in stature he spent many hours working out at the gym and you can tell just by looking at him and that also probably is related to the violence in him you know if you lift a lot of weights it feels just like a lot of effort and it's it probably got him off to be like yeah i'm so pumped i'm so pumped i can overpower somebody i'm sure it was related but if you look at this picture like a picture of him he didn't have a menacing or alarming pre- presence like he looked like a, just a very normal looking guy yeah you expect him to look like deranged and yeah. whatever but those who knew him knew that his temper was just out of control he was also very manipulating convincing parole officers that he could be rehabilitated he's even lied his way through assessments with psychiatrists so very very cunning and man- manipulative yeah which is probably why he keeps on getting women to go after him because he's probably like oh no that's the past what if they find out about things like that was stupid that girl you know uh, she has some kind of bullshit story right you know and they're like okay well i'll give you a chance you have big muscles i like this and yeah. like he looks handsome you know whatever and mm-hmm. ugh, gosh. so on april 5th 2013 bailey pleaded guilty to the rape and murder of jill during his sentencing he began to cry but you know everyone who was there watching it said he did not cry because he was remorseful of what he did he only cried because he didn't want to go back to prison his tears were for himself not for jill yeah i'm sure so it was believed that he had a borderline personality disorder and took joy in humiliating women it was like you said all about power and control always it always is yep So uh, Judge Jeffrey Nettle said, this was a woman who was unknown to you, who you dragged off the street as she was going about her peaceful business. As a strong man, you physically dominated her and subjected her to savage and degrading rape. 
Adrian was sentenced to life in prison with a 35-year non-parole period for the rape and murder of Jill Maher. What is a non-parole period? So you have no chance of getting out of prison. Okay. So basically, he'll be about 76 years old before he's eligible for parole and the potential of getting out. Um, and That's not life then. Like, I don't understand. No, and I don't understand that whole life in prison with the eligibility of parole. I don't understand that. Yeah, he's going to act great. We know that already. Right. He's very manipulative. Right. He's not a dumb guy. He I knows changed, what he's doing. I swear, even when his old ass, like, he should be put in an electric chair. He's yeah. useless to well, society. He, we know he's a danger to society. We know it. So in May of 2015, he was found guilty of three more violent rapes that he had committed before he murdered Jill. So women came out after the fact and said, this is what happened. And it takes so much because your whole life is going to change as a woman when you come out as a rape victim. And you don't want people to be to know you as a rape victim. Like, I don't want that to be what I'm known for. Yeah, but the more women that speak up, the better. It's important. If people aren't going to talk to you, that's the fuck them. You know, like there's going to be plenty of support. There's going to be way more support than you think yeah i I would agree that any good person would just lift you up and support you right and then it would be probably a relief to just get that off your chest and know that you're further hurting this person that does not ever need to be on the streets again any woman with a a story about a sexual assault like you're going to be believed as far as i'm concerned like you're you got to believe the woman right away absolutely they're powerless over a man you know it's it's so disgusting so after three separate trials in 2014 and 2015, he was sentenced to an additional 18 years. In July of 2016, Bailey appealed against one rape conviction and was given a three-year reduction. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> making him eligible per- for parole in 2055 when he's 83. So the original sentencing, you would think that'd be set in stone. No eligibility for parole for 30 years. But now it's 27? Like, what the hell? Yeah. Change that system. I don't get it. It's ridiculous. So coroner Ian Gray found, like many others, Jill's death was preventable. A more rigorous... Um, Pre- preventable? Of course it was. Yeah, if somebody didn't rape and choke her. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> I don't know what he means but by it, that. No, this is what he means by it. A more rigorous, risk-adverse approach by Community Correctional Services and the Adult Parole Board would have led to the cancellation of Bailey's parole. Gotcha. The approach taken is difficult to understand. It did not bring dangerous and high-risk parolees immediately to account. So he would have been back in prison had it, it worked properly. Mm. Victoria's parole system had been amended since Jill's murder and it had been changed when Adrian was charged with the assault in Geelong. His parole likely would have been automatically canceled. The Victorian government looked at the parole system to better protect people, which is an absolute must. I mean, thank God something came good out of this. Now prisoners have to apply for parole and earn it before being released. Any prisoner with a violent sex offense will now have added scrutiny from the parole board. So someone um, had been interviewed and they're like, oh, he's going to be a hated man in prison because he's upped the ante on what it's going to take for other people to get out. Good. And prisoners should also look the other way while he's getting the shit kicked out of him. Right. When Jill was murdered, it touched so many people, hitting close to home. Jill was a happy young woman living her life out with friends so close to home. It was something that just should never have happened. Tom Marr said, I think of the waste of a brilliant mind and a beautiful soul at the hands of a grotesque and soulless human being. Mm. And that's just so true. It's absolutely true. It's... Whether this person had so much, again, like I said, whether they, she has a wonderful future in front of her or whether she's going nowhere, either way, absolutely horrendous and disgusting. It's a life is the point. It's yes, a life. a human life. You have no 
right to take somebody's life and their sexuality from them and whoever you are and i'm, I'm glad things changed slightly oh oh we're gonna look closer at violent sex offenders no shit like yeah, why wow. weren't you doing what, us closely fucking concept yeah violent anything like we put too many people here in america put too many people in jail for non-violent bullshit like right. drugs and stuff like that right but yeah violent offenders those are the people that need to be behind bars yeah especially us, somebody that was serially doing it yes. like over and over and over like we know that this man is a menace to society we know it right you have the first indication where it's a he said she said and the second one it's like three strikes and you're out and this guy's had seven thousand strikes had 20. yeah 20 at least that and we know of yet he's out and about on a friday night roaming up and down a highly populated place where he can just viciously attack and murder somebody. he has no right to go enjoy himself at a pub and have a beer and get to do whatever he wants he needs to be locked down and eliminated from society agreed so that is the sad story of the murder of joe marr yeah, i'm sorry well, so on that note, yeah, well, hey, thanks for listening. Thank we really you for appreciate being it. here. And if you all can, if you like us, give us a five star review, on maybe Apple say Podcasts. a few words on Apple Podcasts. We would certainly appreciate it. And if you really, really like us, <gasps> you really do, you can uh, become a patron on Patreon. So take a look at our show notes and you can uh, join us. It's uh, different levels, five, 10, 25, depending how much you like us or what you can afford. No big deal, whatever. And we also have bonus episodes every two weeks. We come out with a bonus episode. If you're tier one, you get one bonus episode a month. And if you're tier two, you get all the bonus episodes. So this month, um, our tier two and threes are getting like three bonus episodes. Yeah, pretty cool. So I just want to shout out real quick to all of our supporters, Colleen, a longtime OG Colleen. Say thank you so much. Colleen. Yep. And Lily and Karen and Nadine, Allie, Susan, Michael, Kayla F like Frank, Kayla S like Sam, Leah and kelly brand new so yes, thank, thank you, so you much. guys so much you're all awesome everyone here listening we just really appreciate the support and we're jumping right into record the next bonus episode yeah we are so if you want to hear it then come on over become a patron you know what day maybe a month give it a shot who knows what happens and thank you all so much for your support until next time bye, bye.